There are certain times in our church life that God just happens to bring these people who are making a profound difference for the kingdom of Jesus around the world. Today happens to be one of those. I'd like to say we planned this for years, but I actually got a text from a friend who said uh, that Pastor Sameh from Cairo, Egypt is gonna be here for the Mission Connection Conference. Uh, would you be interested in having him to come? I'm like, are you kidding me? Now, some of you are like, who, who is that? Well, Pastor Sameh and his wife, uh, Iman, they live in Cairo, Egypt, and he happens to be the senior pastor of the, of the largest church in all of Egypt called Casa Darbar that's doing great kingdom work. And their, their church has uniquely been positioned to have the broadest network of ministries across the Middle East. Now, he won't say that. Maybe he would, but I don't think he would, he would puff himself up that way. But just God seems to use certain people in times and places in history in great ways. And so uh, we are privileged this morning to have him come and share the word of God. He's a former prominent surgeon um, turned pastor. And now for all of these decades, I think since the mid-80s, he's been the senior pastor at that church. And God is using their community to be a catalyst for the gospel all over the Middle East. And so I'm gonna ask you to do something slightly ridiculous ridiculous that's probably culturally inappropriate, but who cares, right? We're, we're in America, so we can do these things. Why don't you stand to your feet, if you would, and just stand to your feet, if you would. And, and we're not here to glorify anyone other than Jesus, but when someone has given their life and their life has been threatened for the cause of Christ, we honor them. We honor men and women who have laid down their life for the kingdom and who've said yes to Jesus no matter what opposition comes their way. So I'm gonna invite Pastor Simon to come and preach the word of God to us this morning. And as he comes, would you just please give a round of applause, a big, big, big 26 West Church applause for our new brother. Uh, okay, wonderful. You're now eating into his time. I told him, I, I told him, feel free. So uh, this morning, thanks for having a seat. Pastor Sammy, whatever the Lord puts on your heart, give us all of it. Do not cut us short, okay? We want to receive the word of God. Two hours, three hours. I, I, I say, <laughs> it, we'll feed them dinner, we'll order it in, it'll be glorious. I'm actually so honored to be here and to see a church with a mission-minded set, um, seeking the God's glory, not only in this community, but worldwide, going behind their territory and their walls. Uh, we call our church a church without walls because this is the first church. They had no even uh, a venue or a building. Uh, it was a church incarnated in the community, going everywhere to bring everybody to the knowledge of the Lord. So I'm so happy to be here with a like-minded uh, congregation uh, like us. So I feel at home. Uh, I'm humbled by this introduction. I'm just uh, a normal servant to the Lord and God honored me uh, to serve him in this uh, church at that time. I said it so many times, if I choose, uh, I had no cho uh, a chance to choose. Because if I'm going to choose where to be born, at what time, I would certainly choose to be born in Egypt at that time of history. 
Because what God is doing there and all over the Middle East is something awesome. Um, never happened the last maybe 1,400 years ago. God is revisiting the nation and the nations with visions, dreams, miracles, supernatural uh, intervention as never happened before in history. So we celebrate being in a, in a tough time, in a difficult place, but where there is a difficult time, uh, there is a special grace from uh, the Lord. Uh, because we are on air, uh, I'm not going to share a lot of stories, <laughs> but I want to take you uh, to a very one of my favorite passages in the book of Hebrew. Hebrew 13, um, from verse 11 to verse 14. There's a great lesson, and I think a lot of implication we can learn from this small passage, but a lot of great content. Let me uh, read uh, with you there. Hebrew 13, 11 to 14. The high priest carries the blood of the animals, of animals, into the most holy place as a sin offering. But the bodies are burned outside the camp. Watch the, uh, the, 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 the phrase here. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate, outside of Jerusalem, to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then, here is the comparison, the analogy, the day of atonement, with the high priest taking the sacrifice outside the city to be totally burned and what Jesus did on the cross outside the city gate. Let us then, there is the lesson here, go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we don't have an enduring city but we are looking for the city that's to come. Let me pray, please. Thank you, Lord, for having this opportunity to be together in one place, listening to your word. We are listening. Speak. Speak to me. Speak to my brothers and sisters. Let's hear the voice of the Holy Spirit urging us, pushing us, let's go, let's go to him. Let's be with him, like him. In my weakness, I ask you the grace to speak your word with power, with clarity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In John 17, 19, Jesus in his prayer said that, for their sakes, I sanctify myself. He offered himself for us totally. I sacrificed myself. That they may themselves also may be sanctified in the truth. In this passage in Hebrew, there is a great analogy between this day of atonement where the high priest once every year to take the animal sacrifice outside the city gate and totally burn the sacrifice. Most of the other sacrifices done not by the high priest, by a priest. 
in the temple in the city and partially the sacrifice will be taken by the people offering the sacrifice and partly by the priest himself. But this day, the day of atonement for the forgiveness of sins is a special day. This is the day of atonement. The high priest, our Jesus, our high priest, taking the sacrifice outside the city gate and offering the sacrifice 100%. Jesus, our high priest, took the sacrifice and this time the sacrifice was himself. To offer it for us 100%. There is a great analogy here between the day of atonement and the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. What's the analogy here? We can see two important things in the analogy here. Number one, being burned completely. Here, a total sacrifice. He gave himself 100% to each one of us. The second analogy, very important lesson here, it should be given outside the city gate, outside of the system of the world. Let's go to him outside the city gate. Let's go to him outside the system of the world. Two great lessons here in the analogy and the comparison between the Day of Atonement and the Christ. Let me take it one by one, please. Number one, the total sacrifice. To explain the idea here, let's compare between two Words are somehow related, but they are not the same at all. The contract and the covenant. In any agreement between mankind and others, we do either a contract or a, a covenant. And there is a big difference between a contract and a covenant. What's the difference between the two? Number one, and the contract always partial. When we make a contract between two people or a group of people, each one will participate partially. If you want to take the upper hand, you may take 51%. Am I right? Okay. Or 70%. And the other partner will pay the rest. This is why it can be two or three others. And you have the majority. It's the contract. It's a partial. But the covenant relationship is completely different. It's 100% from both sides. It's 100% from both sides. God is not interested to make contracts with people. We know this from the beginning. When he met Abraham, he made what with Abraham? He made a covenant with Abraham, not a contract. We as people, we do mostly contracts in our relationship with one another. And sometimes we do the same with God. We sign contract with God and God is not interested in contracts. God is in, interested only in covenant. And this is what we see in the day of atonement. The sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins should be burned totally, 100%.
When Jesus sacrificed himself for us, he gave himself 100% to us. 100%. Because this is the condition of the covenant relationship. The other comparison between contract and covenant, that the contract can be revoked. You can cancel the contract and there is a penalty to pay. You lose some of your participation. Am I right? You follow me. In a covenant, you lose everything. It's unrevocable. It's a commitment for life. Let me explain this practically. The marriage is a contract or a covenant? It's a covenant. In the Islamic world, in Islam, it's a contract. This is why the man can marry more than one, because it's a contract. In a contract, you can have two with you, three, four, because it's a partial commitment. I give you part of me, so I can give you other part to other person, to a third person, to a fourth person. I can give each one 25%. It's okay, because it's a contract. In Christian marriage, it's, it's what? It's a covenant. This is why you cannot marry more than one. <laughs> In the covenant, you do what? You take the ring. You take your ring. And you put your name. I don't know if you do this here, but this is what you do in Egypt. You put your name in the ring. And you take your ring and put it in your wife's finger. As if you are telling her from now on, I am 100% what? Yours. I'm giving myself to you 100%. And she will do the same. She will take her ring and put it in my finger and she will tell me I'm yours 100%. So this ring is what? It's my wife's ring. By this ring, I own her 100%. By her ring, she owns me 100%. 100%. This is a covenant. It's 100% exchange of ownership. Let's go to him according to his condition. His condition that the relationship with Christ is not a partial relationship. I don't give him part of my heart. I don't give him part of my time. I don't give him one-tenth of my wealth. Sorry. Sorry. The covenant relationship, he gave it all to me. On one condition that when I go to him outside the city gate, I will give it all to him. This is why the great commandment, love your God with what? All. All your heart, your mind, your feelings, and your ability, your strength. It's all or none. It's all or none. The sacrifice Jesus did for my salvation was a total sacrifice, burned completely outside the city. Let's go to him on his condition. God is not interested in a contract relationship. He is only based his relationship with human beings, with himself, upon a covenant 
relationship. And this is exactly what we see. Look to Abraham. In Abraham, Genesis 15, 18, God made a covenant with him. Look to 1 Samuel 18, 3, Jonathan, with John, God made a covenant with him. Look to Jesus around the table. He took the cup and, and said, this, cov- this cup is the covenant of the new covenant. This is the cup for the new covenant. God is interested only in the covenant relationship. Do you have a covenant relationship with Christ? Why we as Christians, born again Christians, surrendered our life to Christ, accepted him as Lord and Savior, we don't find him fully. We don't experience his existence, his, his, uh, his love and power fully. Maybe because... After surrendering our lives and accepting Jesus, we changed the relationship between a covenant into a contract. It's a partial. I will give you part. If you give me, I will give more. And then we exchange. This is not the relationship. He gave it all and I will give it all. When I give it all to him, all, I can receive him all. His presence his love, his power, being with me, Emmanuel, God is with me. I'm his, he is mine. He is mine as long as I am his. The second listen, in this, in this parable, in this analogy, let's go to him outside the camp. What do you mean by that? Why outside the camp? Why outside the city? Why this sacrifice should be sacrificed outside and Jesus being taken outside Jerusalem to the Calvary, there he died that he made himself a sacrifice. This is a great lesson. I want you to listen carefully here. In 1 John chapter 5, verse, eight, verse 19, we know that. We know that this is fact. We know that. We are children of God. And that the whole world, the whole world, not only Portland, the whole world, not only the United States of America, the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We are the children of God. We live in the world, but we are not from this world. We are here, but we are not from here. We belong to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of God. I don't know how of you uh, had the chance to see the, 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 the movie with the name Matrix. How, how many? Matrix. One, two, three, any Matrix. <laughs> the new one is so bad. Eh, eh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I don't think there is a a better analogy, better uh, uh, explanation, better uh, uh, portrayal of this lesson than the, the movie of Matrix. That some people living in Zion, 
They go into the matrix and they go back from the matrix to the Zion. Zion for us now is the church according to the Hebrew and according to Peter. We are the children of God. We live in the church, in the kingdom of God. We live in the world. We go into the world, but we are not part of the world. The world is the matrix. And the matrix is taken over by not the artificial intelligence. I hope not going to happen in the near future, at least in my time. But at, at least, the, according to John, is taken by the evil one. He is controlling everything. Economy, politics, everything. Is under the domain of the evil one. We are the children of God. We have to live in the world, but not in the world with the, with the rules of the world. Let me take you here to the comparison between the two, the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. Next slide, please. We have at least here four different comparisons between the system of the world, the matrix, and the children of God, the kingdom of God. The thing that controls the world right now is selfishness. It's all about what? It's all about me. I even marry for my sake. For my sake. I do business for my sake. Even I do ministry for my sake. It's all about me. In the kingdom of God, it's completely opposite. It's all about God. It's all about love. It's all about the other person. Love your person as yourself, as if he is yourself. I love my wife more than myself. She is more important than me to me. She is more important to me than me. I'm more important to her than her. It's all about not me. It's denying myself for the sake of others. It's the opposite system completely. Here, better to get. Here, better to what? <laughs> better to give. Of course, this world would think that way. It's better to get because if I have $100 and you give me another $100, then I have $200. If I give $100 and the only thing that I have, then I have zero. It's, of course, better to get than to give in the kingdom. No, it's better to give than to get. By giving... I'm more nourished, I'm more enlightened, I'm more into the kingdom of love, I'm more blessed to give than to get. In the, in the world, it's the last. I see things I wanted for myself. Lust is the rule of the world. All the advertising is about lust. Yeah. Why you, 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 you keep your car there, or car, there's a better car, there's an electric car, there's a, there is, all the time we see things and we want to buy and buy and buy and buy. The lust. In the world, it's all about pride, arrogance. I want to boost with what I have and what I achieved. It's all about boosting. We are in comparison, who is the better, who is the best? Who is the best? And sometimes even in ministry, who is the best preacher? Who is the best evangelist? Who is the best? We are looking for the best to boost. In the kingdom of God, it's humility. It's humility. It's humility. 
God himself humbled himself. He is the, the example of humility. It's completely different between pride and humility. It's a big difference between the glory of power and dominion and killing others to domain, to take the land for myself. And here, the shame of the cross, the sacrificial giving of myself for the sake of others. My brothers and sisters, I have a lot of verses everywhere here. I don't want to take full time to go to, into these verses. Let's go to him outside the matrix. Jesus lived in this world and he said, I'm not from this world, but I'm living in the world. And Jesus prayed for us, Lord, don't take them from the world because I have sent them to the world. Keep them in the world, in your name. Keep them in the matrix, but not from the matrix. Let's go to him outside the camp. I want to get you only one verse here. Humility. Philippi 2.3. Do not out of, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Or vain conceit. Selfishness and boosting. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. I consider her, my wife, better than me. I consider my team better than me. I consider those I serve better than me. It's different. It's different mindset. It's different software. It's completely different. Let's go to him outside the city camp. Again, it's a covenant relationship. It's not partial. It's 100% commitment. 100%. Lord, I'm yours. My mind, my heart, my gifts, my money, my time. Yours. So whatever you ask me, I will do it easily. When God called me to leave medicine, become a minister of full time, it was easy for me. Because what? Because I'm yours. If you want to be a doctor, I will be a doctor. I will serve you as a doctor. If you want to be a pastor, I will be a pastor. It doesn't matter for me. Because from the beginning, I am totally yours. Use it the way that you like. Because it's yours. I will enjoy being led by I will enjoy being used by you. Whatever you want me to do. Because from the beginning, my ring is in your hand. I am yours. Not only I am yours, I'm outside the system. I live in the world, but not by the rules of the world. I live in the world by the rules of the kingdom of God. Love, denying myself, better to give, humility, the shame of the cross. Yes, the shame of the cross. 
Yes, I follow Christ. Yes, I'm not ashamed of being a follower of Christ. Maybe, maybe years ago in that state, you would be uh, not ashamed by being a Christian. Now you may be ashamed of being Christian. But in the Muslim world, it was a shame. You will be treated like a second-class citizen. But I'm not, I'm not ashamed to follow Christ because his glory is enough for me. I don't want the glory taken by the mankind. I want his glory. I'm not ashamed to follow Christ. I'm not ashamed to live a sacrificial way of life because my Lord, my Savior did that for In Acts 20, 20, 35, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I will skip these verses. But I, I'm, I'm taking you to the first John chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. Please, this verse, first John. Do not have, do not love the word or anything in the word. If anyone loves the word, the system, the matrix, the love of the father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of the sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boosting of what he has and does. This is exactly selfishness and pride. Comes not from the Father, but from the world. The Bible explained to us this big difference between the matrix of the world and the matrix of the kingdom of God. Lastly, I will take you to the uh, verse 14, verse 14, enduring city. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that's to come. The first two lessons taken from the, the analogy between the day of atonement and what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. And the third and the last verse in this paragraph says that, for here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that's to come. We are immigrants. We are just passengers. We are traveling in space and time into the enduring city. Our home. This is not our home. This is not our home. In Hebrew chapter 11, verse 15 and 16, this is what the Bible is saying about our forefathers. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return instead. They were longing for a better country. Which country? The land with honey and, uh, and fruits and... No. A heavenly one. Abraham didn't immigrate from Iraq to Canaan because of the land. No. Not because of the land. 
They had the chance to go back. They are longing for a better country, which is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. Not here. Not here. Our forefathers thought this way. This was the, the hope that they lived for. Not a country here. Not a better land here. Not to immigrate from the Middle East to the, uh, the land of all the, the wealth in America. We are not from here. And our main country is not here. We are just passengers. We are just travelers across time and space to go to the heavenly one. What do you mean by that? Listen carefully to me about that. When you travel across the country, you may stop in different places to take a sandwich and to go to the bathroom, something like that, okay? You take what you need in your road to reach the destiny where you will camp and live there, okay? And this is the picture here. We travel in space and time. We take what we need according to our need at that time that will be enough for us to reach our destiny, to reach our real city, the heavenly one. But we have another purpose while we are traveling. Not only to feed our bodies and our souls with what we need, but for another purpose, a greater purpose. We want to take as much people with us from this world, from the metrics, into the heavenly city. This is why we are here. This is why we are traveling across the space and time just to take as much people from within the matrix into the Zion, into the city of God, into eternity. Paul said that very, very, very well. This is our mission, people. And, and Peter said it very, very, very clearly. For we brought nothing in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take nothing out of it. When you were born as a baby, did you get anything with you? We brought nothing into the world. And exactly what happens when we leave. We take nothing, take nothing out of the world. We came naked and we leave and we leave naked. Remember that. This is a fact. This is not a biblical verse. It's a reality in, in life. We brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of the world. So why to live? Why to travel across time and space? Why to be here? Why to surrender our lives to Christ? Why to live according to the biblical principles, to the kingdom of God, not into the matrix of the world? In Hebrew 2.13, he explains the idea. Here I am, when I reach the destiny, when I reach the, 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 the city that God is prepared for me, 
Here I am with only one thing, not with my car <laughs> or my watch, with the children you have given me. We cannot take anything from this world, but we can take people with us to eternity. This is the only thing that we can take in our journey in life. Everything we did will be left here. Every achievement will be left here, will be burned, will be destroyed, will be unmemorized. The only thing that will stay while we are traveling, everything that we will take with us back to the city to come is people. Here I am. Here I am when I stand before Christ at that day. When I stand before the Father at that day. Here I am. Because of the blood of the Lamb. Because what you have done for me. Here I am. And the children God has given me. I'm afraid that many believers that day, they will say, here I am. But I have nothing else. Because we cannot take anything from this world. The only thing that we can take. People. People. Boys and girls. Men and women. From every background. From every tribe. And language. And color. Here I am and the children you have given me. My brothers and sisters, I want to challenge you this morning. When we make a commitment that here I am the Lord fully, I am yours and you are mine. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. If God is with me, who can come against me? If God is with me. What I cannot do, nothing. Because nothing is impossible to God. God gave the church the authority that whatever we ask in his name, he will do it. Okay, I will ask for two Mercedes and two wives, or only one wife, because I'm Christian. <laughs> this promise, whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. It was not about things. It, it's about how to win more people to God. How to bring more lost prodigals to the family. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it that I may glorify the Father. The things that I have done when I, I was here, you can do it and do greater things by the power of prayer. Because I am yours. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. We were crazy enough. And we said, okay, let's try. Let's try. Lord, many of our brothers and sisters, we cannot reach them. We cannot go to them. The barrier was built between us and them so high we cannot penetrate. But nothing is impossible. You can go and you can visit our brothers and sisters in visions and dreams. You can declare yourself. You can make yourself known. What you did with Saul of Tarsus in his way to Damascus, you can do it again. He said, okay, I'm ready. Send me, I will go. 
But if I go, when I send you, you will go. Okay, <laughs> we make an agreement. You go before us, reveal yourself, and send us to go and get the harvest. And this is exactly what he is doing right now. Yeah. Whatever you ask, in my name, I will do it. What I did, I'm ready to do it again and again. Nothing is impossible to God. This is why the church can change the world, can rewrite the history. America is going far from the Lord. We read about so many revivals happened here in this land. We read about Charles Finney and Jonathan Edward. We read about the heritage that you have. Why to lose this heritage? God is our Savior. Whatever we ask in his name, he will do it. We can send him before us. And we will be ready to be sent by him. Because the only thing we can take from this world is people. people. Jesus died for the sake of the sinners. For the sake of the people. And Paul said that I'm doing anything. I'm becoming a slave. to. I have become everything to everybody. For one reason. To save as much as possible. People to the kingdom. Imagine that you are taking a train. And in the train you will stop in stations. And in every station we would go out and bring more people to the train. And then we travel. And the next station we go all into the city and bring more people to the train. And the next station we go all over and bring as much as until the train is full. And reaching the destiny, the heavenly city. This is our story. This is why we are here. Let me ask you three questions. Are you in a covenant relationship with God? Is all what you have is Him? Owned by Him? Do you have Jesus fully? Do you have a covenant relationship? God is not interested in contract relationship. Do you live in the matrix? Controlled by the matrix? Or you are a children of God. You live in the heavenly Zion. With the principles of the kingdom. You are not ashamed to be humble, you are not ashamed to be selfless. You are not ashamed to sacrifice. You are not ashamed to give more than you take. Do you have people in your basket? Do you have people in your basket? Or you have an empty basket? And the last day you will stand before him and say, here I am and the children you have given me. Would you stand and pray with me, please? Between yourself and God, please answer these questions. 
let's go to him outside the city gate bearing the shame of the cross because he has bore the shame for us because we don't have here an enduring city but the city to come we are just travelers passengers And all what we want is to take much more and more, every day more people into the train of life. Whatever it takes, whatever the sacrifice is, whatever the, the danger would be, it's okay. It's okay. Because I want to stand that day before him and tell him, here I am because you died for me. And the children you have given me.